it was considered capital punishment. Hi, I'm Chris, my host of This Day in Weather History, a podcast from the Weather Network in Canada. And for visual evidence of what I'm talking about today, this episode is accompanied by a podcast video short. You can watch it either on television, on the Weather Network in Canada, or online anytime at theweathernetwork.com forward slash weather history. It was a punishing winter knock to the capital. You see what I did there? This day in weather history? Okay, you're going to need to help out our bewildered buddy that's sitting next to you. Okay, pal? Capital punishment. You see what I did with those words? It was a play on words. So put the pen down. Stop writing your angry letters. First, in quote, a prelude to punishment with TDIWH. One of the most bizarre side stories of this winter storm is that one month prior, because of the effects of El Nino, the eastern United States experienced one of the warmest end of December's on record. So to find out how El Nino plays into this at all, we turn now to meteorologist Dana Vatis. El Nino itself isn't going to drive the individual storms in any given season. But what El Nino will do is provide the platform for these storms to form. So without an El Nino, you wouldn't necessarily have the right stage set for these storms to form. And from January 22nd to the 24th, 2016, a crippling and historic blizzard produced up to three feet, that's 91 centimeters of snow, in parts of the mid-Atlantic and northeast United States. It was immediately recognized as a potentially historic blizzard. And one of those meteorologists that made that recognition off the top, once again, I turn to Dana Vatis of the Weather Network. All the weather elements came together perfectly to form this one intense storm system that brought one of the worst blizzards that Washington has seen in a long time. Local meteorologists indicated the storm could produce more than two feet or 61 centimeters of snow across a wide swath of the mid-Atlantic region and could, quote, paralyze the eastern third of the nation, end quote. Officials had to snap into action, and they did just that. From January 20th through the 22nd, the governors of 11 states and the mayor of Washington, D.C. declared a state of emergency in anticipation of significant snowfall and blizzard conditions. In this declaration, approximately 103 million people were affected by the storm, with 33 million people who were actually under blizzard warnings. 33 million people! That's almost the entire population of the country of Canada. And one Canadian that was there was the Weather Network's storm hunter, Mark Robinson. I think this one was designated the blizzard of 2016 because it was very epic, of, not because it was a huge and you know, different, but because of where it hit. I mean, it hit Washington, D.C., and then proceeded to go right up the coast into New York City and, you know, just kept going. And the population density in that area is absolutely stupendous. You drop that much snow in that short a time, and what you end up doing is driving down one of the main highways in the United States down a snow trench with one lane open because that's all they can plow. More than 13,000 flights were cancelled in relation to the storm, and that obviously had a negative effect on basically every airport around the world. Because if no flights are getting out, ain't none getting in. With all in-and-out flights grounded, a travel ban was instituted for New York City and Newark, New Jersey for January 23rd, this day in weather history, and on the 24th. On the morning of the 23rd, the low was located just east of Cape Hatteras. Snow continued to pile up at 1 to 2 inches or 2 to 5 centimeters per hour. The question, of course, is about this kind of intensity. Where did the energy come from? I decided to call on meteorologist Tyler Hamilton for a little insight here. 
This storm was so powerful because it tapped into an interesting moisture stream and it had a Canadian trough swinging down from the southeast and this prime conditions just aligned just so to bring a record-breaking snowfall for the east coast. The travel ban was the best idea ever as seven states were buried under snow accumulations that were greater than 30 inches or 76 centimeters with accumulations as high as 42 inches or 110 centimeters. That was registered in Glengarry, West Virginia. Meanwhile, back in Washington, D.C., storm hunter Mark Robinson was engaged in some truly chaotic weather phenomenon as told in only a way that he can tell it. What I remember is standing beside the Washington Monument, this very famous building, and I'm standing right there, and there's this, this tornado coming off the side of the Washington Monument, these vortices just screaming right off the side of the, of the, the monument, and I'm standing in the middle of it being blown around, there's lights right there. So you've got this really cool light show of all this screaming winds and tornado, I'm standing in the middle of it going like this. That was really cool. Right on. Mark Robinson always bringing the goods and always with an unfiltered candor. Got to thank him an awful lot for that. Also, a big thank you goes out to meteorologists Dana Batiste and Tyler Hamilton from the Weather Network for their insight in this episode as well. Tomorrow is January the 24th, and I'm hitting up another story from my Year in Review International Edition. The story about the rainfall in Brazil that broke a 110-year-old record. The city of Belo Horizonte, host of 2014 World Cup soccer matches, saw 171 millimeters, that's over six and a half inches of rainfall within 24 hours between the 23rd and the 24th of January. The story behind the story is tomorrow on This Day in Weather History with me, your host, Chris May.